your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Were you watching primetime last night? Primetime covered the issue of codeine addiction. It's something that we have covered before on this programme and we have, we're going to chat a little bit more about it, but let's just, first of all, hear a clip from last night's RTE's primetime. He told me that he always remembers her having a box of Feminax in her bag when she was young. And at some point that changed to Neurofen Plus. And so she was obviously using these to um, cope with the pain of the endometriosis. Laura had a miscarriage when Megan was about three years old and we think this was a turning point. We think that this might have been the point when the painkillers became something other than painkillers. Unknown to her family and friends, Laura would find herself in the grip of an addiction to over-the-counter codeine painkillers. Codeine is an opioid medication that is used in the treatment of mild to moderate pain. It belongs to the same group of opioids uh, such as um, heroin. So that was from last night's primetime and our producer Amory Geraghty, who's with me this morning, uh, watched the programme. And Amory, this is a, this is something that you've covered here on this show quite a bit in the past as well, isn't it? Yeah, we've had various people on the show about it in the past, um, I suppose. So I wasn't too surprised at the fact that primetime took this on because there has been talk about codeine addiction and codeine products for a long time. Um, <clears throat> but the two, I suppose, that they focused on last night, that was Laura's sister you heard there talking. Laura went on to, um, she started off, because she had endometriosis, she started off with painkillers like Feminax and that was a product specifically targeted for women with bad period pain and it had codeine in it and years ago that was taken off the market um, but of course there was other codeine products, Neurofin Plus arrived on the market with codeine in it um, and Salpidine of course is a well known one so there were other products um, and that's just two, there's, there's lots that people could get codeine in and Laura went on to form an addiction unfortunately now Laura didn't survive um, that was the sad part of it she developed, she went as they called pharmacy hopping because obviously you can't keep going into the same pharmacy and buying up to you know 80 90 tablets a day but you can go to different pharmacies and get the product um and she unfortunately developed sepsis in the very end she had hidden her um addiction it looked like an eating disorder to medical staff and they ended up finding that she had um, a hole in her stomach she had perforated her bowel and she had developed sepsis and they operated on her and unfortunately she didn't survive the operation and she was just 39 years of age Um, and the other lady then uh, who talked to the program Kate uh, she said it took her six months to get hooked on coding products. Uh, she started off at four a day. Um, by the end of it, she was on about 90 a day just to feel normal, aged 32. And she talked about herself going 
off the codeine. She said she went off them cold turkey and it was a total withdrawal. It was like coming off a very serious drug and she said she had also developed a massive hole in her stomach um, which also went through to the bowel and she ended up on a methadone programme to come off uh, the codeine products. She was on Nurofen Plus and she said she relapsed. I think she relapsed twice but one of her relapses was during the pandemic in 2020. Again, another byproduct of the pandemic and, and what she had to deal with so she relapsed at that point as well. How many tablets were they taking a day? You're talking up to 100 and over a day. Starting off at four a day Kate said and and ended up on 90 a day in her case. And wasn't legislation brought in some time ago that I remember there was a time that you could see the salpatine behind the pharmacist Mm. on the shelf. You can't see that anymore. They have to have it out of view. Plus they also have to uh, question you and uh, offer you, uh, you know, less, you know, weaker painkillers, yeah, things well, like um, paracetamol uh, or wh- whatever else. You, you you don't just, you're not supposed to just be able to say, can I have, you know, a codeine re- product and they just give it to you and you walk out. You get a warning about the addictive nature, don't you? Yeah, so the guidelines came in, I think it was 2010, these new guidelines around the sale of any products containing codeine. And yes, that was one of the things they shouldn't be on display on the counter or within reach that you can just pick it up. You had to actually specifically ask for it. Um, and some of the pharmacies, because I know I've I've been on codeine related products in the past and I, I've noticed that some of them even were locked away in cabinets or you had to specifically ask. They would ask you, you know, what you needed for. Um, they would give you some guidance on it. And that's what they're supposed to do under the guidelines. They're supposed to let you know it is addictive, that whatever the pain is that you're dealing with at that time, you shouldn't be taking this product for more than three days. And of course, what is interesting is it was two women last night talking about this. And again, me being a woman, this is exactly why I needed the tablets at the time. It was for severe menstrual pain once a month, which a lot of women will use these products for because it is a godsend. For those two or three days, if you have very bad period pain, you will look for that product and it will absolutely easier pain. So, you know, a lot of women do buy the product once a month. And it's interesting, but I, I have known, I knew a codeine addict once, he was quite open about the fact that he was addicted to it and was trying to deal with that and talked about going from pharmacy to pharmacy uh, to to buy the products. Um, and But he was male, so like it's not obviously... It's not just uh, female, yeah, but, yeah. but yes, a lot of females so, would recognise this because it is used widely for that. And I suppose with the Feminax product was specifically Taken targeted market, at, yeah, at w- yeah, women. Yeah. And they sent out a secret shopper. Tell us about that. Yeah, so they sent out the secret shopper, obviously wearing the camera, as only Prime Dime can do <laughs> in uh, lots of their investigative pieces. But they went out um, and they went into 18 different pharmacies in three different counties and they went in and asked to buy the product and you got to hear and see, obviously they blurred out the, the, the pharmacies that didn't identify people, but you got to see and hear the conversations and how it all went. Uh, and were the pharmacies following the the rules that they're supposed to or how easy is it for people to be able to get these products? I suppose this was the point of the whole thing. The pharmacies aren't uh, in this case and on this piece not all of the pharmacies were following. One pharmacy out of the 18 said they were addictive and only three asked why she needed the product and then a good few of them did say um, 
you know, it, it, this should be only taken for three days, uh, you know, and just mentioned the three day thing. A few of them did that, but that was it. Uh, they didn't say much more. Um, so you did see, and I suppose they were analysing it as they went along with an expert showing how they didn't follow exactly the guidelines and didn't ask enough questions of the secret shop, shopper. And she went back into one of the pharmacies a second time on the same day, two hours later, and bought the product again. And the second time, nothing was said about the guidelines and she wasn't even recognised. And I think she just changed her jacket or she changed her hair or something like that. But it was the same person and she wasn't recognised, which isn't a surprise. Pharmacies can be very busy. Nice. Did anything about the programme shock you? Um... I suppose it was shocking to hear the damage done to, you know, these women and their bodies from an addiction. Um, I found it quite shocking as well that you could be on 90 tablets a day. As I said, I've taken codeine related products myself in the past and they did talk about this. I personally absolutely could feel, you know, the difference of taking that compared to, you know, paracetamol or neurofin. Um, so I found it quite shocking that you could be in a position where you're that addicted that you need to take, you know, 90 tablets to feel normal on a day. Quite shocking. Um, so for people who do take these products as they're intended for now and again for severe pain, it would be an eye opener, I'd say, to watch that programme last night. OK, well, I'm sure uh, people can watch it on the RT player. But as you said, this isn't the first time we've talked about codeine and addiction. We were warned in 2019 that codeine addiction was verging on erupting into an epidemic as some people were going codeine shopping. Joan Ash chatted to Emma Donnell, who, as a medical student at UL, had an article published in the Irish Medical Journal looking at the abuse of codeine. Uh, Codeine-containing products um, are available over-the-counter in pharmacies, obviously subject um, to a a number of questions um, by the pharmacist on duty. Um, But basically, codeine shopping involves kind of people, because of the lack of centralised system of codeine um, sales, people basically um, being able to kind of go from store to store um, and obtain codeine without any any real supervision. Now it's it's not a product that's freely available for uh, patient selection, so it's kept behind the counter and pharmacists are obliged to ask a number of questions before making the sale and also ensuring the patient has tried an alternative painkiller before um, providing a codeine-containing product, so other um non-codeine containing products first of all so obviously yeah advancements have been made in that sense but I suppose as as we do further research and we're further educated um, we'd hope to make further improvements um, within within this area. So you'd be asking what sort of pain is it for so um, you know kind of ascertaining what, sort, what type of pain the patient is looking for relief for and um, have they tried any other products already um, you know, obviously codeine wouldn't be a, in any way a, a first-line option. So you try and sell something like a paracetamol or um, an anti-inflammatory containing product before. And then obviously you'd make the patient aware of the fact that there are a number of side effects of the codeine containing products like drowsiness and, and sedation. So uh, to be aware of that and preferably to abstain from driving and that kind of thing. And then of course there's the three-day warning. So um, the pharmacist is obliged to let the patient tell the patient that they're uh, they shouldn't be taking a codeine containing product for more than three days because of the addictive potential. 
it's obviously very difficult for a pharmacist, someone comes to the counter, to know whether they have been in another pharmacy round the corner before now buying codeine-based products. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, so I suppose the kind of the main reason that I wrote the paper that I did um, was to kind of raise awareness. So among the general population, first of all, I suppose, because um, at the moment, codeine-containing products are quite well known. Um, you know, a lot of them could be household names for, you know, certain people. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like to make people aware that Saltadine or Nurofen Plus isn't isn't a medication that should be taken as lightly as maybe some people would treat it. Um, and then also to kind of highlight the area beyond just the pharmacy um, community and also beyond. So just to kind of bring focus to the addictive um, nature of it. So each person kind of as unique as a as personality or genetic makeup um it will differ from person to person. So as you said yourself, you've taken a codeine-containing product and it made you feel awful. Um, so maybe for one person, one, say, sulfidine tablet or something can have a, 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 dra- a dramatic effect. For others, they might need more um, more tablets to kind of get get an effect depending on, you know, different and, and just to point tablets. Out, you know, the products you mentioned in and of themselves, once they're used responsibly and properly, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with them. But this is about people ignoring Boring instructions or advice from pharmacists, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it's kind of firstly a lack of awareness, and then also it's yeah, it's kind of not paying heed to the warnings that are out there. And um, obviously, every certain medications have particular purposes and indications for use, but I, I think codeine-containing products without um, without kind of suitable, um, you know, with without the appropriate um, information and treatment, that's when misuse can become an issue. Because the codeine-containing products um, uh, are either in conjunction with, say, paracetamol or ibuprofen, like an anti-inflammatory medication, um, it's, it's also those medications that, in excess, can have huge drastic effects. Um, on the liver and the kidney, respectively. Um, but codeine itself, as as a as a drug, um, it stems from the opioid family. So I suppose kind of trickling down from um, the strongest member of that family being something like morphine. So it, it codeine obviously is considerably weaker than that, but it is a part of that family. So it has psychological and um, physical um, dependency and tolerance effects. So things like actual psychological addiction um, and then also kind of the withdrawal effects um, that can be precipitated when people stop taking codeine after kind of, um, you know, prolonged use. And that was Emma MacDonald, who was a medical student at University of Limerick and she had an article published in the Irish Medical Journal looking at the abuse of codeine. We've had a few responses from our listeners this morning. Uh, somebody WhatsApped to say, what about the rest of the population who take take these sensibly? Gargle and swallow it. It's very good if you have a sore throat. And then Dan has got in touch to say, if you put codeine products on prescription, you may as well also put alcohol on prescription. Anyone could abuse any product with devastating consequences. Why ban for those who need codeine? No one needs alcohol, but it's a drug too. Let us know what you think. You can give us a call on 46 19 95 or you can WhatsApp 086 123 95 95. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash.